Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Lori Farley. Lori's business and voluntary commitments curate and facilitate connections, relationships, and opportunities for social change through entrepreneurship, partnerships, and alliances between various sectors around the globe, including community development, arts, disability, education, and technology. Lori is involved in numerous ventures related to social innovation and socioeconomic development, including Intonovus Canada and Impact Calgary. Now Lori's going to take the mic as she has an interview with Erin Bird. Take it away, Lori. Welcome back to the Leaders and Innovators Big Idea Podcast. As Elle mentioned, my name is Lori Farley. I'm really into supporting the ecosystem around entrepreneurship, especially where it ties into uh, pushing forward on social impact. So anyone who's interested in B Corp status or the sustainable development goals or strongly sustainable business models, I'm really happy to talk to any one of you at any time. Today, I'm joined by Erin Bird. Erin Bird is uh, an engineer with the City of Calgary, and she's also the spokesperson for Fair Trade Calgary, Engineers Without Borders Calgary chapter. Now, welcome, Erin. How are you? Good. How are you, Lori? Really good. So, you know, Erin um, and I, used, we, we started meeting uh, at a you know, four or five years ago, I remember when I was with Rotary, I was really starting to get connected to what was going on locally with fair trade because uh, Robert Denning was a, a Rotarian and he was involved in some of the things that you were doing. Uh, and then I, I do know that in 2016, we were looking for a, 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 a silent auction, some baskets that contained fair trade things because we wanted to promote fair trade at an, at an event that, that uh, I was involved in with uh, Clerk, which is legal services for children back then. And so, yeah, and then I just started coming to your committee meetings and then we ran a, a conference and just uh, at the end, uh, beginning of the year here. So yeah, what are what are your memories of how we got connected? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, Lori. And, and as you were saying, it, you know, we sort of kept bumping into each other and crossing paths as I feel that that's just the norm uh, with Calgarians, you know, we just kind of, you know, have our own circles, but then as we start to meet new people, we just get introduced to other networks, and I, I love that. I actually really love that about Calgary, that our paths cross and that we find ways to kind of leverage what each other is doing. So, um, yeah, I I know that that was the time when we gave the silent auction uh, baskets. That was a time when I was just really starting to get my feet into being uh, the lead for Fair Trade Calgary because um, I had sort of just stood on the sidelines for a while, not really knowing a whole lot about it. And then I just started to, you know, immerse myself more in the fair trade. And it was a big uh, learning experience for me. You know, I ended up doing a lot of research and I feel like I'm always learning uh, when I'm going into uh, you know, what does fair trade mean to different industries, to different people, to access um, that different people have to it? And what does it mean for people in other countries, people locally? So, yeah, it kind of gets all over the place, but um, but we are heading in a good direction, so I'm pretty happy. 
Yeah, I totally agree. So I'm really inter- interested in socioeconomics. How does social and economics go together? How do we raise the the, the tide for everybody? So how do we how do we impregnate um, social impact into our business models and in, into our um, business strategies? So it ties really strongly into fair trade, which is why I'm connected to fair trade because I see supply chain, I see diversity, I see women. Um, there's just so many ways that uh, fair trade ties into the work that I'm doing. So we want to promote uh, fair trade in our uh, co-working space and in all the business that we do uh, in, in terms of becoming a fair trade business as, uh, business as an example, making sure we offer fair trade coffees and maybe fair trade linens. We haven't got it all sorted out because just as we were launching our you know, programming in our co-working space, COVID hit. So, but this is a, t- a good time to be planning for what we're going to do when uh, things get back to normal, isn't it? Well, and I think that's also a good point that you're making, like, is there a back to normal? And maybe we shouldn't be looking for a back to normal because I feel like the fact that we've sort of been oblivious to some extent uh, about supply chain issues, then, you know, this is coming to uh, to light during COVID because we are so dependent on supply chain maybe that's a symptom or an indicator that we need to understand that more. We need to recognize that our products can't all be uh, procured locally, can't all be grown locally. We do depend very strongly on a worldwide network. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really good thing. But it also uh, makes us more aware that there's a lot of inequality and a lot of power struggle that happens because of that. Um, and I think there's a lot of myths around what does fair trade mean? Is it just aid to developing countries? Are we just, you know, giving money out to people that need a, a boost? And, and that's really not what fair trade is about either. It's about a partnership. It's about a relationship between a consumer and a producer and a mutual acknowledgement and respect for each other that, you know, uh, people provide things that we need and we need to acknowledge that and we need to discuss how how does that product get made? What are the implications? What's the impact to our earth? What's the impact to the people? How can we actually, uh, you know, when you go camping and uh, you're told to, you know, pick up all your garbage and make sure you carry all your stuff out, how can we make sure that our impact is as minimized on the earth and leave no trace and, and still, you know, leave the, the earth um, at least the same, if not better off than it was before. And I think that's really something important that fair trade is trying to promote. And I'm not sure if everybody gets that. I think a lot of people think it's about money and it's not about money. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, um, you know, culture is a big part of what uh, Rainforest talks about and leaders and infrastructure policy and role models and resources and activities that engage people in these things. Uh, and one of the challenges is, is that, you um, uh, it's really focused, really the focus is on the tech sector. Um, but the tech sector isn't a sector, in my opinion. It's embedded in everything we do. It's tech is not a separate sector in my mind. And uh, everything could com- everything com- combines into tech. So for example, my pillars are community development, education, arts, disability, entrepreneurship, and technology. And I'm in those pillars because they are all, they, they entwine so well and they work together and they help each other. And so there's gonna be people on, um, there's gonna be people on the call that are like, why are we talking about this? But there's also people on the call that are um, very interested. And so there's a, 
about 120 members in the social enterprise Slack channel for Rainforest. And these are the people that are thinking about these things. And out of 2000 people, I think that's a pretty high ratio uh, of people that are considering social impact uh, as something to talk about or embedding it into their business model. So, you know, you talked about, uh, we, well, we were talking earlier about sort of your, your, a little bit about your upbringing. So how did you even get to this space? You're a civil engineer and now you're, you know, you do your civil engineering work, but you're also so tied into this sort of social impact piece around fair trade. What, where did you come from and, and how did you get to where you are today? Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting journey. And to be honest, I'm, I'm not always cognizant of where the wind takes me. I think, and I think for a lot of people that's true and maybe that's a good thing too. But, um, but I have to say, I had always been told as a child that I was a very nice person. Like I think I, in, in high or junior high school, I always got the award for the nicest person of the class. And I think it was just because I, I did really value being kind and, uh, you know, that was instilled in me, in my family. We just, you know, try to do good to other people. The fact that I had a Catholic upbringing probably had something to do with it too. Uh, and then other people tended to say that I was very naive and idealistic because I wanted everyone to get along. I wanted there to be world peace. I, I thought it was achievable that we would, you know, end poverty and, and all these very high, high goals that we still have today. And a lot of people believe that they're achievable. Um, but but a lot of others will say, oh, you're naive, or you're living in kind of a utopia where you think everything's going to be kumbaya. Um, but yeah, I guess I that's part of why I ended up going into civil service at the city of Calgary because I I really do value helping people and making our city the best it can be. Uh, as an engineer, we we do build things to serve others, you know, I, I was a transportation engineer, so uh, being able to build roads and bridges that people can use um, and that will help their lives be better, that's always been ingrained in me. But it was funny, like when I first started the fair trade, um, you know, bus, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word, um, I, I just was sort of thinking about how can I be more strategic in what I'm doing? How can I start to connect the dots? And, and that's where your partner, Gary, has been really great in helping me exercise that strategic um, muscle and uh, try to connect more dots and work towards uh, some tangible outcomes. And they don't happen fast. It's definitely a marathon. It's, it's inches that you move forward on these things. But I do um, I do see a big revolution happening in Calgary and Canada, uh, especially with the sustainable development goals. I feel like everyone is thinking about this a lot more. It's building some momentum. You know, uh, it might it might still seem really slow in, in Alberta. It might still seem really slow in Calgary, but we're making some progress and we're going in a new direction. And it's an exciting direction where we're starting to think about, um, you know, more about the social impact and the social outcomes and how can we make better choices and how can we align to our values and, and maybe it's an influence of the next generation of people that are coming out to and they're demanding certain values be upheld and principles and, and things that that they want they stand up for so um yeah i that kind of deviated a lot from the question you asked about how did i get here but <laughs> i think that stuff excites me and that's probably why i let it lead me in that direction well, I love to hear the people to, uh, you know, follow the road um, as it unfolds. 
know, I know lots, I know a lot, my, most of my friends are engineers and I know tons of engineers that knew in their first year that they didn't want to be engineer, engineer and they didn't pivot, they didn't shift. And so they're in jobs that they don't like and they, they're, 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 they kind of lump it. And, but so they make money and they do lots of things, but they're not fulfilled in their soul. They would have preferred to do something else. And so I just find that fascinating. I was a wanderer in university. I went to university for nine years, uh, basically uh, weeding out what I didn't want to do. And uh, social impact has always been a part of that. And same, you know, I kind of follow where the road takes me and I've done some amazing things and I've met some amazing people and I have international collaborations and national collaborations all around people that are really interested in supporting this sort of uh, global movement that's happening and it has been happening for a long time we had the millennium development goals and now we have the sustainable development goals and <laughs> you know calgary has a 10-year plan to end homelessness that uh, you know ended four or five years ago um so how do you know how do we keep that momentum when it doesn't seem like the needle ever moves and so we have a you i know for sure have a strong heart like you just the striving and the pushing and the and the working towards it because it's important and other people think it's important but they're not uh, quite ready or they're not as uh, able to contribute and push forward right now but it's happening you we you just ran a very successful fair trade conference the national fair trade conference was held in calgary this year talk a little bit about that yeah you know i had actually been wanting to bring the national fair trade conference to calgary uh earlier like i wanted to bring it a number of years ago because uh, when i first started the campaign to make calgary designated fair trade town i said what better way to build some momentum around this than by hosting a conference and let's get it on people's radar and let's get people excited about this um, and we, we lost out to Vancouver that year, which we felt wasn't a bad thing because it gave us more time to plan and more time to really build up our network. Um, we were really hoping that um, 2020 was going to be the year that we got Fair Trade, uh, or that we got Calgary designated as a Fair Trade town. So it's a little disappointing that COVID hit the weekend of <laughs> the conference, which, um, you know, it sounds really bad that that, that happened because it, uh, probably about half our attendees dropped out. However, I have to say that conference was one of the best National Fair Tree conferences I have attended, and I've attended five of them in different Canadian cities. And uh, maybe I'm biased too because I helped organize it, and I took all the good that I had seen in the other conferences, and I really tried to um, and put it into. And I mean, you were part of that. You were part of let's make this the best conference it can be. So really appreciate that Antonovis was involved in that. Um, but yeah, like you know, the the feedback that we got from people who did attend the conference, despite the whole COVID scariness and uh, the fact that we went into lockdown on uh, the weekend after that weekend, uh, the conversations that were held and the networking that was held and the people that were there really wanted to be there and wanted to have those conversations and were champions for fair trade in their respective cities. And we had, you know, a, a few international guests who that was scary for them too, but they came and they wanted to get their message across. Uh, we had the, the, I guess the most amount of producers at a conference actually speaking from their own stories of what fair trade means to them in their home country. Um, and it was very impactful, very impactful. And it, I just found it to be an amazing conference. So if you missed out, uh, come to the next one. If we have a next one, it might be virtual this year. So, <laughs> or in 2021, but, but yeah, I definitely encourage you to check it out. 
Yeah, uh, it was very well done. And I heard from other organizers of other conferences that they also felt it was one of the best conferences I've held. I think the early days, it was it held in Calgary, maybe even the first one or some early, very early one. The very first uh, National Fair Trade Conference was held in Calgary. I think it was in 2000, that would have been eight years ago or seven years ago. No. Really small. Calgary is a leader. We used to be the leader in B Corp, uh, and we've had B Corp, uh, 15 or so B Corp uh, businesses. That stands for Benefit Corporation, for those of you who may not be aware. Um, we had 15 in the early days, and we were leading the pack, and now we still have 15, and we are way behind. So, you know, the the the, the, the thinking in, Cal in, in Calgary, I think, and Alberta is uh, a slightly a little bit behind what's going on globally, um, but it's it's there. We have a very strong activist community in Calgary and 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 parts parts of the rest of Alberta, and now we just need to coordinate and strategize and and be a bit strategic about how we how we all work together to move forward on things. We need to break down our silos, which is another one of the tenets of rainforest. So I think rainforest has introduced us to other people in the space. Uh, you know, like I say, there's a lot of members of the uh, social enterprise um, Slack channel. So things are happening, things are moving forward. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, maybe some clarification for people. What is a fair trade town and what's a fair trade business and what's a fair trade? What's the other one? Fair trade uh, workplace. Just so people, because yeah. this, this applies to entrepreneur, entrepreneurs. And I think if you think about this early and build it in, it's going to strengthen your resiliency as a business into the future, incorporating these types of ideas. Yeah, sure. So just to give you a little bit of background, uh, so fair trade town designation is a designation for any town. So worldwide, we have well over 2,000 fair trade towns uh, all over the globe. And in Canada alone, we have 27 fair trade towns. And to become a designated fair trade town, there are certain requirements you need. Um, you know, based on your population, population, you need a certain number of retailers to have at least two fair trade project, product choices available. You need a certain number of restaurants to have at least two fair trade product choices available. You need community support, so letters from community groups advocating for fair trade and the fair trade town designation. You need support from your municipal government that they're going to procure fair trade coffee chain sugar for their council meetings, as well as designate Calgary as fair trade town and uh, sit on the steering committee for uh, you know, continuously pushing Calgary forward on fair trade. And then you have to have a certain number of events. And we've excelled at the events. We, we do events like almost monthly. And even now in COVID, we do uh, virtual events. We do social media stuff. Uh, we do you know website uh, inf information. We have newsletters. So we're still very, very active despite uh, being in a virtual environment. Uh, the, the areas where we're lacking is on the restaurant side and you know i have to acknowledge right now restaurants are hit super hard with covid a lot of restaurants are closing hard to stay afloat but uh if a restaurant uh wants to do things differently and look at their supply chain there are a lot of fair tree choices that are already available to them they just have to ask their suppliers about hey do you have fair tree choice for this product and all restaurants need in order to become a fair trade business is to have two choices available. So say a coffee and a tea or a wine and a beer. Um, so, so to become a fair trade business that would support our fair trade town designation, 
it really is not that difficult. Um, and you know, there's uh, fair trade products that tick multiple boxes where you know you can find a fair trade gluten free beer. So it's ticking the gluten free. It's it's ticking the fair trade. Uh, you can find a fair trade ice cream Ben and Jerry's. It's also a B Corp. So you know, there's multiple boxes that get ticked with fair trade because it's just sustainable in general. Um, so that's fair trade business. If you want to become a fair trade workplace where you know your office is uh, willing to uh, procure fair trade coffee, tea, and a third product at your office, you can become a fair trade workplace. And you just have to have some awareness of fair trade, at least one event per year in your office. And uh, I'm sure that that will extend to virtual offices too. So uh, if you're interested in becoming a fair trade workplace, there's fair trade faith groups, which is similar for a faith group um, if they want to get certified as a fair trade. And these are all nationally recognized designations that you can have. So Fair Trade Canada administers these programs and will designate you as a fair trade business, a fair trade workplace. And you do have to have, um, you know, your, uh, you have to reapply every year to prove that you're carrying the products that you say you're carrying. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the overall uh, for fair trade workplace and then fair trade business that supports a fair trade town designation. Hope that all made sense to you. It makes sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense to people, then we'll hopefully they'll ask questions and we'll be able to um, send them some information. I mean, for example, um, in our co-working space, we want to partner with uh, Be Local because um, a lot of people, um, well, there's a bit, a bit of a misunderstanding about what fair trade is, I think. And so people were saying, well, we want to have everything hyper-local, be local, and we 1,000% that, and we do that ourselves. But there's lots of things that you can't get local, like sugar, potentially, uh, and um, certain wines and other products. So talk a little bit about how be local and fair trade goes together, sort of as the supply chain, as well as the, the local uh, moment, uh, movements that are out there. Yeah, you know, and I have to say Be Local was one of the very first organizations that we tried to partner with and uh, remember Sustainability for Breakfast with Stephanie Jackman. She hosted, uh, you know, a session at breakfast about our Fair Trade Town campaign when we first launched. They were one of our very first supporters that helped us uh, get the message out. Um, we've had, you know, we've also been uh, featured on one of their blogs. And, and they're such a great supporter. They understand that, you know, there's local and then there's other products that can't be grown or procured or, you know, made locally. And you have to have both. Um, but let's talk about how you get those products and where they're coming from and who's making them and, and who are the small business owners in those countries and who are the people, you know, the individuals that are affected um, by those products. So, uh, Be Local has been such a great collaborator and, you know, Rainforest too, like Rainforest was one of uh, the biggest networks that I had gotten involved in and had, was able to do my little, you know, what do I need and what can I offer at uh, one of the Rainforest lunches and um, that's what, you know, that's what gets me excited is uh, really having all of these different networks and groups of people, nonprofits that are doing such good work. And it's so intertwined in fair trade, like climate change is intertwined with fair trade, gender equality, it's intertwined with fair trade. So we're all helping each other out. The more that we're doing on our fronts, we can see how it relates to other initiatives. And then we're all moving the ball forward, like we're all moving in the same direction. So that's the stuff that really gets me excited. 
Yeah, I agree. And when you think about how the supply chain works and how far away people are, there's some kids out there, uh, maybe not so much in Calgary because we're sort of still kind of a small town, but, you know, New York, big cities that have food deserts and kids don't know where their food comes from. And if they eat healthy vegetables that are grown in their local park, they don't like them because they've never had a vegetable before. And the true cost of food, you know, a banana literally cannot cost you 99 cents. So where, who's not getting paid at the beginning of the supply chain to make sure that you can get a uh, a cheap banana. Um, that's, that's just one of the things that I'm really striving to help people understand is that if you want to compete, I had a tech company a couple of years ago, I was asking if they had hiring diversity as part of their business model, because I always ask so, so, you know, <laughs> sustainable business model questions of businesses. And like, no, we, um, we have, uh, we hire workers in, in a, uh, out of the country. Uh, and because we can pay them cheap wages, and I said, well, don't you want to, you know, if are you paying them fair wages for even in their country? Are you paying them there? And they're like, no, because if we don't, if we pay, if we pay fair wages, we can't compete in the market. And I say, if you can't pay fair wage and compete in the market, then you shouldn't be in the market. You're, you're, you're taking more value out of the global economy than you're, than you're adding, in my opinion. So that's my humble opinion. But you're also more than just fair trade because we're also we also sit together doing some circular economy stuff. Talk about that. Yeah, well, and hey, that's another plug for Rainforest because I met Kay Constantini at a Rainforest event, and she's kind of the lead for a Circular Economy Club here in Calgary. And she, uh, you know, her and I have always just sort of touched base on different things because fair trade and circular economy work hand in hand again. You know, there's so many parallels between them. Um, and so uh, she asked if, uh, you know, she mentioned that there's a circular cities week that's coming up, a world circular cities week that's coming up at the end of October. So October 26th to November 1st is world circular cities week. And uh, that's where there's cities, uh, really grassroots movements that are happening in all these different cities globally, talking about the circularity in different industries. And so in Calgary, uh, we talked about Lori and I and Kai uh, and, and Eileen and uh, now Adrita, where we talked about what could we do that would really resonate with um, our Calgary uh, local atmosphere here, like what circularity mean to Calgary. And the topic that was top of mind for us uh, during Circular Cities Week, we're going to we're going to focus on construction material circularity, and I think that's just really um, tuned into what's happening right now with COVID. Like the construction industry is is suffering as well as many industries are, but it's also an area of strength for us. Like we do such great work with our infrastructure and our built environments and industry players are very strong. So why not talk about how construction materials, construction waste can become more circular uh, from you know the design phases uh, from later on uh, at the end of project life. Uh, sorry, that's my husband entering the room. So just take a bit of a pause and I'll clap and we'll just cut out that part. Okay. So uh, the construction industry and uh, construction waste, and how can we make that more circular? So um, during the week, Circular Cities Week, we're going to be doing two Calgary virtual sessions 
The first one will be more of an introduction to circular economy, but we're also going to touch on, um, you know, the Recycle Council of Alberta has done some great work with different municipalities across Alberta on creating roadmaps for them on how they can become more circular and, you know, turning, you know, just diversion of waste is one thing, but how do you take diversion of waste into circularity? Like what's the next life of that product? So uh, Recycle Council Canada of Alberta is going to be partnering with us on this first introductory session. And then the next session is going to be about specifically construction waste and circularity of construction materials. So I'm pretty excited um, to be helping to coordinate and host these sessions. I'm hoping that we'll have a, a really good turnout that will tap into a number of different nonprofits and industry groups. And you know, anyone interested in that realm, um, that's only one of the many industries where circularity is important. Um, and you know, there's so many other topics that we could touch on, whether it be fashion revolution, whether it be, you know, um, metal, metals and mining, um, whether it be about food. Um, you know, there's so many different industries we can touch on with circularity, but I'm really excited to be part of the Circular Economy Club now of Calgary, and I hope to kind of integrate that into the fair trade stuff as well. Well, let's put an ask out there to the Rainforest community uh, and any listeners that are even further out, if you are interested in circular economy or fair trade, that you uh, reach out and connect and, and provide your insights into what you'd like to see at any of these events, because this is it's everyone's community and the people that don't know, don't know. And if you were interested in joining and connecting, we're more than happy to, to have you and hear your opinions and maybe be able to help you reach out to for the things that you're trying to put out into the community. Yeah, so Anna, you're with with the city of Calgary. You, you're you're like you lead capital projects, and is that construction? Is that water? And how does that tie into some of the things that you're doing? If it, if they do at all, just curious. Yeah, you know, it's funny. My career uh, path has kind of led in a very similar direction. Where now I'm finding that my volunteer work is overlapping a lot with my day to day uh, job, my full time job. Um, so I, I do work in capital project strategies, so I do support at a corporate level project managers across corporations, so they could be delivering transportation assets, water assets, uh, parks and rec assets, like it's, it's across the board. And it's really just providing them some guidance and support in terms of project management best practices, in terms of procurement best practices, and I work with a lot of different departments in order to deliver that work and make sure that we're doing things consistently and in the best value to citizens of Calgary. So I'm pretty proud of being able to work in, in that department. And um, another facet of my job involves industry liaison. So I'm always um, really happy to talk with construction association, the Calgary Construction Association and the consulting engineers of Alberta and the consulting architects of Alberta and really see how we can work better together and and really understand where each other is coming from. And I think that is kind of my key value is really being curious and being willing to hear um, opinions from all you know, facets of life, of all people from different parts of uh, the journey because uh, you have a completely different experience than what I have. And so you have a completely different take on something than I have. And it's only when we pool our respective lenses that we can really have a more comprehensive view and come to some better solutions together. So that's really important to me. And I'm also a big advocate for mentoring and 
training and, and helping each other out, um, which is what Rainforest is really all about in the code of conduct that they have. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big advocate for Rainforest. I'm a big advocate for collaboration and communication and, and having conversations. So, so that all works together really nicely for me. That's why we're connected. We, we are very strong. We're very similar in that way. And I think really curiosity plus action is what leads to innovation. If you don't have those two things, the, the innovation, the, the striving, that pushing forward, uh, the, the diligence and the never giving up piece, uh, I think is, is key and, and, and you have that in spades. So what's in the future for you, um, you personally, you in the things that you're doing and you, or the movement that sort of the various movements that you're involved in. So we're coming out of COVID, we're in COVID. Um, what do you think the future holds? Yeah, I mean, definitely still somewhat adjusting to the virtual world and trying to get better at it because I'm just not very good at social media, to be honest. I'm still trying to figure out how to be better at that. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, it's funny that you'd mentioned perseverance because I'm just writing up our, um, we do have a monthly newsletter for Fairtrade Calgary and my theme for October is perseverance and don't give up and hey, keep going because despite, you know, six months of COVID, we're going to get through this somehow, some way. So, um, so yeah, in the future, I'm, I'm still happy to be very active with Fairtrade Calgary. I really want to get across that goal line and get Fairtrade Town designated. Um, I'll say 2021 is the year. <laughs> I say that every year, but honestly, uh, I feel like we're really at the cusp of it. So anything that anybody out there in the community can do to help uh, broaden the message or get some more support our way or want, want to talk to me and figure out how you can help me, uh, please reach out. Um, but yeah, I think um, what I had talked with you about is uh, eventually I'd like to try to pivot and maybe become an entrepreneur myself and figure out how fair trade works into that. And um, that's maybe a, a very long-term plan because I don't uh, think I'll leave the security of my job anytime soon. However, it's something that's always in the back of my mind is how can I bring more fair trade products to Canada and maybe become a distributor or um, become somebody who is helping uh, put businesses in touch with the right types of products to move their uh, business into a more social and, uh, you know, valuable direction for them. So that's something that's a keen interest to me. And, um, and besides that, I, you know, I stay involved in Fashion Revolution YYC because uh, the fashion industry is really important uh, for, you know, trying to minimize waste and look at circularity and look at fair trade. Um, Circular Economy Club, I think there's going to be many more events that we're going to try and do into next year and uh, probably a lot of this is all going to be virtual um, but that's okay we can we can do it that way and I think we're still going to get some meaningful conversations out of that so I'm going to stay optimistic on that front and um, but yeah I'm probably still going to let the wind take me where it will and be okay with that I, I don't shy away from change I, I in fact like to embrace change and um, look at it as, a, as an opportunity to try different things and uh, stretch myself a little bit more than I did before. So I'm happy to see what the future brings and go into it with arms wide open. 
Yeah, and you're an excellent collaborator. So if anyone has an idea of how they might think about how could this fit into what I'm doing? Does it even fit into what I'm doing? I mean, Erin will um, for sure be wanting to listen to you. And if she can't figure it out, then she'll bring the group of us together and we'll have some awesome times brainstorming. Um, just some of the things that people can do to become, you know, think about fair trade. So we have in our own home, we have uh, chocolate, always fair trade, hot chocolate and coffee. Uh, in our office, we were just implementing, um, we always have fair trade coffee available and some fair trade tea. I think we also have fair trade sugar and we're trying to move into um, fair trade linens. So, you know, not using paper towels as much in terms of the circular economy ish, you know, recycling, we use, we're trying to ban people bringing in paper coffee cups. So if you go for coffee and then want to come to uh, impact Calgary at Metaspace, so we're per preferring you use a to-go mug because really uh, as a small um, you know individually run or independently run co-working space we're the ones taking out the garbage we're the ones vacuuming the floors so we want to make sure that we are participating in saving our work but also saving the environment so um, we talked a little bit about what uh, what you can you, you can offer into the ecosystem are there some other things that you um, might want to have, uh, offer to the people that are listening right now besides being available? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I have built up quite a network of companies, um, a lot of them Canadian companies that are sourcing fair trade goods. So, you know, if you're looking for a specific product and you're not sure if it's offered as fair trade product and you want to be put in touch with the distributor or the brand itself, um, I probably have a contact that I can give you. And if I don't have a contact, I can put you in touch with somebody who might. And, you know, there's so many more things that are available as fair trade, as you were mentioning, linens, like you can get fair trade towels, fair trade bed sheets. Um, you know, there's so many different things, fair trade socks that I, I wear a lot of. Um, and, and then the staples, like the sugar and, you know, the ice cream and the chocolate and the coffee and the teas and all that stuff. So um, if, if you're if you're struggling as a business to uh, figure out uh, what brands are fair trade or what where can I find fair trade stuff or does my current distributor carry fair trade brands, um, we're happy to do that and that's free of charge. Like that's just advice. So uh, feel free to send us an email and we're willing to do that because we just really want to take coverage to the next level on uh, being making fair trade an option no matter where you're going to buy things that you shouldn't have to go to a specialty shop for fair trade, that if you're um, budget constrained, you shouldn't have to go to a specialty shop for fair trade, that you should be able to find it no matter where you're shopping and no matter what your access to uh, goods is. Yeah, and you have a list on the website. The fair trade is now off. You can get fair trade easily at Calgary Co-op and Sobeys and all over the place, right? So uh, people just, uh, you might not, if you ask the cashier, they might not know, but you can go onto the website and you'll, and you'll find it. Um, now you've talked about what can be offered into, the, uh, what you offer into the ecosystem. What's your ask? Do you have any specific asks? Yeah, just please amplify my voice. Amplify the fair trade message. Um, let's figure out how we can work together on stuff. Um, let's uh, let's talk about how you might be able to become a fair trade workplace or a fair trade business. Um, I, I really want to get this fair trade town designation. I can't repeat that enough. Uh, but it's also bigger than that. You know, after fair trade town designation for Calgary, we still have to keep pushing ourselves to the next level and figure out what does it mean. Like, what is the next level, and how can we? 
broaden the message and how can we um, integrate zero waste and how can we integrate uh, accessibility and, and all that stuff into it. So, you know, the journey doesn't stop after we achieve one designation. It's um, an ongoing conversation. So I just ask that you please reach out and um, and let's talk about how we can help each other out. And um, yeah, it'd be great if you could just amplify the fair trade voice. Yeah, and the gap that, that we really need to get over is really just the restaurant. So if anyone out there is a restaurant, knows a restaurant, supports a restaurant, how can we help them to uh, achieve, uh, you know, if there's a choice between two restaurants that are similar, I would go to a, a restaurant that offers fair trade and gluten-free because I'm allergic. But we people are doing that. People are voting with their feet. You know, if uh, um, we can help them get the product. So I've, we've talked to a number of chefs in the last year that if they could get the products, they knew where they were, they would do it right now. So it's not a matter of that they don't want to do it. It's just the logistics about getting it done. So if we as customers can help them or we as suppliers can help them or we as whoever we are in that in that sort of ecosystem supply chain, uh, we'd love to hear how you're helping. That would be great to hear. Um, about voting because we have a municipal election that's coming pretty fast. Please tell your councillor that you support Fair Trade Town or the Fair, Fair Trade Calgary and, um, you know, feel them out. See if they support it because some councillors uh, do definitely and are big supporters of it. Uh, but we're yet to find a real champion behind it. So I'd love to find out if your councillor would be willing to sit on our steering committee, for instance, or um, at least help us uh, connect us with different businesses in your in the ward or in the community. So anything you can do to do to put me in touch with the right people to talk to on that front would be wonderful. Uh, well, Gary and I just joined the board in our community, so we're going to be doing a little bit of community development and sustainability fair trade. Um, before I um, start wrapping up, uh, my last question is: uh, What advice do you have for your teenage self? My teenage self. Um, you know, don't take things so seriously. I was a pretty serious um, teenager and I, you know, was really studious and uh, I didn't necessarily always have fun. I put studies before having fun and before, um, you know, not that I, I had friends and stuff, but I would say don't be so serious, have a little fun, um, be more social. I was kind of an introvert. I, I'm still an introvert, although I've had to become more of an extrovert just through the fair trade town and other stuff. So, um, yeah, have a little bit more fun. Try to be more out there. Try to be more approachable because I tend to have a really serious engineering look a lot of the time and, and it scares people off. So um, loosen up a bit. And my husband does a really good job of balancing me on that front. Also partners before. Um, so is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you'd like to add to this episode? Uh, no, I think we covered a, a really great, diverse uh, number of topics. I'm really happy that you had me here today, and I really appreciate the exposure, and I hope to meet uh, many more of you uh, virtually or in person over the next months and years. Yes, well, uh, if anyone wants a fair trade presentation done in their workplace or their event or their association or their organization or their company, um, Aaron does very excellent presentations. So with that, I'm going to wrap up and thank you to our hundreds of listeners out there. Come back again next week for our next episode of Leaders, Innovators and Big Ideas podcast. Back to you, Al. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. 
Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by Community Now Magazine. Engage, inspire, educate together. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.